Hi, this is Jacob here, and welcome to the latest episode of the Clown Chat Podcast. Now, we're going to do this episode on just a topic that has been uh, bugging me a little bit lately that I keep hearing about, and I just think it's dumb. So I just want to debunk it. Um, I think tomorrow, if I can pull it together... It might be Wednesday, it might be another day. Things are just a little busy right now, but a, a little too busy to get everybody together. But um, I don't know if, how that, if that's going to happen this week. But I'd like to do a finals preview slash, you know, reaction to game one, game two, whatever, maybe preview the rest of it. I don't know. I'd like to do a podcast on the finals matchup because I think it's a great matchup. I mean, it is the first... I was going through. It is the first finals matchup this year between the Suns and the Bucks since 2005. That is over a decade and a half where none of the teams involved was either very dislikable for me at the time or became dislikable later. This is the first time it's happened in over a decade and a half. Like that is a long time. Since before I started watching basketball. I mean, first you have 05, of course, Spurs, Pistons. Both those teams are fine. 2006, you have Dwayne Wade in the Heat. You know, became dislikable, obviously, later. Then in 2007, you have LeBron. 2008 through 2010, you have the Lakers. 2011 through 2018... You have LeBron with some KD Warriors sprinkled in there. Then you have the KD Warriors again the next year. Um, then last year you have LeBron. And now we're here. And now we're here to this glorious, incredible matchup between two phenomenal, deserving teams who have done it the right way. And it is going to be a blast to watch. And just, if you're listening, just savor this. Because we don't know, um, you know, we don't know um, when we're going we're gonna to be this fortunate again. You know, there's not a, a great track record of this. We're just so fortunate to get this matchup. And just, just savor it because we know, no matter what, Whoever is standing there holding... I'm rooting for the Bucks. Most people are rooting for the Suns, and I perfectly understand why. Completely understand why. I have my reasons for the for, for my Bucks support. But I know this. I know this going into this matchup. An unprecedented thing to know. I know that whoever is standing there holding that trophy at the end of the day, after the series is over... I'm going to look at that and say, man, I feel happy for insert player, whether it's Chris Paul or, or Giannis or whoever. I'm going to feel so happy for them. And they're going to deserve that trophy. And it's going to be cool to see them win that trophy. And that's a great, great thing. Um, as far as my finals pick, I, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of go into my finals pick here because I again I don't know if we're going to be able to get 
a finals podcast off before game one tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks in six with the caveat being that Giannis has to play. If Giannis doesn't play, we're looking at, I don't know, Suns in five. If Giannis just doesn't come back. However, all the reporting has been that Giannis would have played in a game seven had Milwaukee lost game six. That was what was reported. So this really is going to come down to Giannis' health to me. And again, a lot of people are going to pick the Suns, and I understand why. I understand why. And the Suns are probably the safe pick, given the Giannis health factor. However, so I guess the thing is, right, if Giannis doesn't come back, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play, like, look, Phoenix is no Atlanta. Like, Phoenix is a great team. They're a great team. Chris Paul is just incredible. Booker is just such a good, such a great player as well. Aiton's had such a great playoffs. Like they have their role players all fit perfectly. Phoenix is a great team. That's no Atlanta. And no disrespect to Atlanta, but they certainly uh, you know, bit more a little more than they could chew this playoffs, no doubt. Um Like if if you know, the Bucks winning those last two games without Giannis, I don't think that's going to be something that can be really replicated in this series. Giannis is going to have to play, and he's going to have to be effective if Milwaukee wants a chance to win. And that's really what all this is going to come down to for me. To me, if Giannis can't play at all, it's a Phoenix, you know, convincing win. It is. Phoenix will win this convincingly. They'll be champions. And they'll be deserving champions at that. However, however, if Giannis plays, which it looks like there's a good chance he will, it looks like as I as I'm sitting here right now, there's a good chance he's going to play. At the end of the day, he's the best player in this series. Chris Paul is great. Devin Booker is great. But neither one of them's Giannis. Neither one of them can impose their physical will on a game like Giannis. Giannis is just so special on both ends of the court. It's a little bit like how Shaq used to be. And Shaq, you know, won finals MVPs. Shaq was a great player in the final. Now, he has his flaw. He had his flaws. He needed Kobe there to help him in the last few minutes of the game. And then that's how... They three-peated. I mean, they both did their jobs, and they were both great players. Giannis, we know he's not necessarily going to be the the one closing it out for the for the for the Bucks. But that's why you have Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is capable of getting very hot for stretches, as we've seen. And why you have Drew? Drew, I feel like has been unlocked a little bit these last couple of games. Let's see if he can keep that going. If Drew can play great, and that's an X factor too, if Drew can play great defense on Booker or Paul, probably you'd probably want to go Booker because Booker's more, you know, their leading scorer, obviously. But I don't know. So 
I don't know who's who they're gonna put on Giannis. Maybe they'll try. They're gonna try Aiton on Giannis. They certainly could. That 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 could be a difficult matchup for sure. But you know, I just think Giannis at the end of the day, he is just you know he's the best player in this series. You know, Chris Middleton. I feel like the Bucks have unlocked a little bit these last couple of games with Middleton and, and Holiday and um. The X Factor is actually, to me, obviously we know each team has really three players you consider stars. Aiton is trending into that category for sure. Then you have the Phoenix backcourt. Then you have, you know, Holiday, Middleton, and and Giannis. The X Factor to me, and the reason why you would go with the, uh, to me, the biggest reason why I wouldn't feel so confident in my pick is Phoenix has the better role players by far. They have Cameron Payne. They have Jay Crowder. They have Cam Johnson. They have Michael Bridges. They have Dario Saric. Like, there's just so many great role players on that team. So, um, shout out to Tory Craig, by the way, on, on the Suns bench. He is getting a ring no matter what, which is uh, kind of kind of a baller move, if you ask me. You know, that's kind of a good uh, a good, good turn of events to start on on the Bucks, then get traded to the Suns, and now they play in the finals. Like you get a ring no matter what. Um, obviously, he, I'm sure he hopes it's the Suns ring, but you know, that's pretty cool. So that is certainly a, a factor. But you know, the Bucks they, they they've really found. I think they've got enough. And Bryn Forbes is someone who can get a little hot. You know, he, he can he can knock down some shots. Connaughton, same thing. PJ Tucker can defend. I don't know who they're gonna need him to defend this matchup though. Maybe he sees some time on on someone like Devin Booker, but I don't know if this is a. Uh, you know, he's really good at defending like those big wings. Like he was so vital for that KD matchup in the second round. And then he, uh, and, and, and then the last, you know, the last round, um, and this one, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna, you know, I'm sure he'll probably see time on various people and, and players and he'll be effective, but, um, and then you have Lopez, Splash Mountain out there, who, uh, you know, you know the the thing he can do is you know he can try to drag. If if Aiton does get matched up on him, they can kind of drag him out of the paint a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they handle all the matchups and all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this Bucks team has been through too much. I just think. I just think this Bucks team has been through too much. Sure, Chris Paul's been through too much too. Sure, yes, no doubt. But at the end of the day, this Bucks team has just been through too much. They they've just been hardened by all of their mishaps in the playoffs over the past few years. And at the end of the day, I just think they're I just think they're ready to seize this moment. I just think they're ready. They know this is the opportunity they've been waiting for. I can't see them just letting it go. If Giannis can play, and Giannis is the best player in the series, which he is, 
I just can't see the Bucks letting this opportunity go. You know, the Suns are an upstart team. They are a team that, that, that has played great this season. Chris Paul's been through a lot. He's gotten those young players to really, you know, become part of a great team. And all the credit in the world goes out to him. But this Bucks team has just been through too much. I, I, I think they pull it out in a tough, contested six-game series. And the Bucks will be the champions of the NBA this season. And Giannis will get his validation. And the Giannis slander that I hear consistently must end if he pulls this off. He will have the hardware. He has already accomplished so much for his young career. We all know he's not a perfect player. Who is a perfect player? Everyone has weaknesses. Everyone has a weakness somewhere. And, and yeah, Giannis, we all know he's not the most accurate shooter in the world. You know, there's some things. At least he, at least he's willing to try. At least he's not so afraid when he drives inside to get fouled that he'll just pass off to a, a teammate who's a bad free throw shooter. You know, it could be worse. Like, at the end of the day, Giannis has done so much in his young career. He's only 26. He has so much, you know, more that he can do. In this league. And. You know. If he wins this series. He's going to. Ha- he is going to have that hardware. To back himself up. So y'all can keep slandering. The the people who are slandering Giannis. Can keep, keep at it. But at the end of the day. At the end of the day. He's going to be a champion. And that's just the way it is. If he wins. Which I think he will, but we'll see. Again, if the Suns win, happy happy as can be for that team. They, you know, I will be so happy for Chris Paul if they win. And that's the beautiful thing about the series. And that's why I am as excited as I have ever been. Ever been. In over a decade. In, in, in the decade I have been watching this sport. This is the most excited I have ever been to watch a finals. I just can't wait to see what happens. I think it's going to be a classic. I really do. And look, I picked, I'm picking the Bucks, But do I feel great about it? Hell no. Hell no. There's a lot of reasons to pick the Suns. There are a lot of reasons to pick the Suns. Just like there are a lot of reasons to pick the Bucks. And it's going to be a hell of a series. And I can't wait to see what happens. So. Oh, that went. That segment went a little longer than I was planning. Well, you know what? That's fine. Um, you know, we'll we'll have this in case uh, in case we can't get more of a comprehensive preview off. Um, so we're gonna move on to my next topic now, and that topic is just something I've that I've been hearing a lot lately that I think a stop needs to be put to it. And basically, the premise of this is. Trading Jalen Brown is just a stupid idea. It's just stupid. It's just moronic. It makes no sense. I've been hearing a lot lately, and look, I get a lot of it is is media people in the in the Boston sphere that are bored and they're looking to stir up controversy. So they're like, hey, 
what let me throw out this trade idea and it's like you look at the Celtics and like hmm I don't really I don't really see a lot on the roster um you know that is there they have a lot of young players and, and they have all their picks and, and they have some stuff to work with but I don't really see that killer asset like they used to have you know with the Brooklyn picks and um and the Grizzlies pick and the, and the Kings pick and um you know the Jays before we knew they were stars yet and and there were all this stuff right and so you look at the it, it, and, and you look at it and you're like oh well Tatum's untouchable you can't trade Tatum Tatum's un, Tatum's untradeable at this point but the, so they look at it they're like what about Jalen oh let's just throw Jalen into here and I'm just gonna tell tell you guys right now why that's stupid. Like, is Jalen an untouchable player? No. Hell, I don't even know if Tatum's an untouchable player. And I love Tatum. But if the Dallas Mavericks called and were like, hey, Luka Doncic is is, is available. Um we'll swap one for one, you know, Doncic for Tatum. It would be hard. It would be hard to pull the trigger to give up that kind of a player in Tatum. But Doncic is that good. Doncic is that good where he's like maybe the one player in the league. He's probably the only player that you trade Tatum for. He's the only player that that I think you trade Tatum for in the whole league. Now, Jalen, the list is probably a little bigger. Luca would be on there certainly if the Mavs wanted to trade Luca for Jalen. Sure, I'd do that. And there's a few other options as well. Um, you know, there, there, there's a few players here, but all of them would be, you know, young, kind of similar to to, to what Jalen is, but maybe a little bit better, like young, you know, ar- about to start their second contract like we know we know they're a star we know they're going to be a star like that sort of a deal like you know it would have to be just you know an incredible that come back there's not many names you would you would move him you know you would move Jalen for either I don't think the list is not zero but it's it's very small and it's just here's why because at the end of the day this is this is a a young wing the most valuable thing the most valuable position in the league the most valuable thing to have are two-way wings two-way wings who can create their own shot in the playoffs that to me is the most valuable position in basketball and the Celtics have two of them they have two of them that is incredibly hard to find so why would you give that up? And here's the thing about Jalen Brown's contract. One of Danny Ainge's last great gifts to this franchise, in addition to, to picking Brown and Tatum in the first place, is Jalen's contract. I mean, Danny got him to sign for like $5 million a year below the max. Like, that's incredible value. So this guy is not even out here making the max right now. He's not going to be making the max for three more years. 
until he's an unrestricted free agent. So obviously, and that and that segues to one name I I hear consistently that we should oh Celtics should trade Jalen for this player, and that's Damian Lillard. Lillard's a great player. Lillard is a great player, and I would uh I would rank Lillard above Jalen right now on the best player in the league rankings for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. He might make he might make the Celtics a little better right now. For sure. I'm not even going to dispute that. But here's the thing. you have, There's a bigger picture at play that has to be understood. So I've just told you about Jalen's contract, right? And then you have Lillard, on the other hand. Lillard is out here making a Supermax. So his contract, by the time it's ending, you know, but the last couple of years of it, he's making over $50 million a year. Whereas we have Jalen, who's at like half that. So that's two, con you can fit two contracts on your cap, Jalen's size, and one Dame size. So that, that there's a couple of things here at play. One, it's just going to be very, it's going to be a lot harder to, you know, if you're building around a Dame Tatum team, right? It's going to be a lot harder just from a, a salary cap math standpoint, to get role players around that, to get enough role players around that to win. If those are your two guys. And then second, it's a lot harder to get a third guy in here. It's a lot harder to get a third guy, a third star to come to Boston. It's going to be harder to clear the cap space. And again, harder to from a salary cap math standpoint, have enough role players around that. It, it's just going to be, it's just not going to, it, the, the math just doesn't work as well. And then you have the age factor. Dame's 31. Jalen is, you know, not, you know, I think 24. So, the beautiful thing about this situation, and look, I think the Jays are going to stay in Boston. They're going to win at least one championship, potentially more, with the Celtics. However, if they have it set up, I think from a contractual standpoint, it's really a perfect setup. Because if, if DEFCON 1 does happen, and disaster does strike, and... In three years, you know, Jalen Brown says, I don't want to play in Boston anymore. I'm, I'm out. And he leaves in free agency. It's, it's really set up well for the Celtics. And that by that point, they're going to know before Tatum hits free agency, they're going to know what's up. And then they're going to be able to salvage that, get a little bit back, and then start rebuilding without without a completely bare cupboard to work with. That's how it's set up. It's obviously that's not pleasant thing about and I don't think it's ever gonna get to that point. And we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But it's set up perfectly in that way. On the flip side, what I think is far more likely is that Jalen ends up staying 
and then and then in a year after that you have Tatum coming up, right? So you have two ways it could go with Tatum. On one hand, if you have Dame there, you've got a thirty five year old point guard making fifty million dollars a year. At that point when Tatum is making his free agency choice. On the other hand, you have a freshly re-signed Jalen Brown on your age time timeline, most likely a better player than Dame by that point. If you're Tatum, it's not even close who is going to be more attractive at that point when he's going to be making that decision. It's you're pl- wanting to play with Jalen Brown. So that's a very important uh, element here, and I think that's you know that's certainly far from you, you, you know again that's that's what I think is likely here like. These guys do like playing in Boston. Tatum has talked about how he wants to be Boston's Kobe. Kobe is someone who means a lot to him. And he has talked about how he wants to be Boston's Kobe. And Jalen, I think, uh, has really enjoyed it as well. Like, he is, uh, you know, he's... You know, there have been some signs that, you know, certain players who have... uh, You know, because, look, players... You know, it takes special circumstances to, you know, the Celtics haven't always attracted free agents, but they've kept guys. It takes a special circumstance, a special circumstance, like, um, like, you know, it, obviously if, if there's a desire to keep a player and, you know, you're overpaid and, and then another team steps in with an overpayment even though, which which blows things up, even if both sides want to, like, like that's one thing, that can happen. And then, on the other hand, well, oh, if, you know, like with Hayward, like if you're the fourth option on this great team, on this loaded team, and you want to be a first option, well, then, you know, those things can happen. Obviously, it was nothing to do with, like, the organization. And then we have another just complete crackpot loser who is just who just has a completely broken brain. I don't know how else to say it. You you guys all know who I'm talking about. This guy's just brain is just completely broken. And this guy is just a grade A loser. You know. That's pretty much what it takes to to not want to play for the Celtics. You have to just have a have to have a broken brain and you just have to be a complete grade A loser. Or, you know, there's there's a special circumstance, like I just said, where, oh, there's, you know, there's a mutual desire to get something done, and then, oh, another team just does something really stupid and gives out a terrible contract. Like, okay, nothing you can do about that. And, you know, oh, nothing you can do about, you know, this team's so stacked that we don't have the offensive touches for you. If those are your priorities, then, you know, we can't help you. We can't help you with the Celtics. So, um, but like these guys are homegrown. They like being Celtics. They're the franchise. There's a good chance that, you know, they can get more talent in here, which I'm going to get to in a second. So I think they're going to stay. So that's another reason why you don't move Jalen is just because of that connection. This is somebody who's been here. 
He wants to be a Celtic by all accounts. So why would you give that up for someone for, for an unknown? And then that segues me into, into that uh that last one. The last name, and and then this is Shri again. I have to apologize. I don't. I, I hate that I, th th this might happen to you. I don't wish this upon you. But it's just a reality that I have to talk about. I, I believe me. I would rather this be somebody else's player than yours. I would. I really would. You don't deserve this, Shri. You don't deserve this if you're listening. But I have to mention Bradley Beal. I have heard all over the place. Oh, the Celtics should trade Jason Tatum for Bradley Beal because he's still young and he fits and he still fits the timeline. He's Tatum's best friend and blah 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 blah. Well, let me just pour a cold dose of reality on that take. If the Celtics can land Bradley Beal while barely having to lift a finger, really, it's easy for them to maneuver this if they want. And if there's some recruiting done. Like, if if Bradley Beal ends up with the Celtics, it's not going to be at the cost of Jalen Brown. Let's just say that. And then I want to I wanna kind of end on this because this is the route for the Celtics to go. It is not going to be... You're not going to trade a, an all-star who's almost certainly going to be at least a top 15 player, if not better, with four years of below... Or, or I guess three years remaining, three years remaining, of below max contract control, who wants to be in Boston, you're not trading that for a player you can sign in free agency in here. That's asinine. That's not how this works. And it, it's not how it's going to work with the Jays, by the way, when they reach their end of their contracts too. If, if Jalen decides to leave and we have to move Tatum because Tatum doesn't want to stay either, it's going to be Tatum to his destination of choice for like a couple of first round picks. That's just how it's going to go. So, and that's how it's going to go with Beal, too. Obviously, he may stay in Washington. He's a loyal guy, and I really respect that about him. And he may say, I like Washington. I can be their franchise. I can be the guy there. I like playing there. I like, you know, competing for scoring titles. I think we can, I, I like some of these young guys. I think we can get it together. You know, Westbrook's been great. I like seeing the position. I completely understand if that's his choice. However, you look at that situation and it's like, okay, so I like their team. In, in prior years, I would look at their team and be like, okay, that could be a team that makes the second round. I, 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 like, those, I like those players. The problem is this Eastern Conference is just so deep. You have... You have the Celtics, you have the Heat, you have the Bucks, you have the Sixers if they pull their heads out of their asses. You have the Nets if they don't implode and they stay healthy, which are two major ifs, but we'll play along for now. Um, you have the Hawks. I think the Toronto thing last year was a fluke. I think they're going to be right back in the mix. I do. I, I think they just got screwed by being in Tampa. I think they're going to be right back in the mix. So that puts Washington at number eight again. Even though 
I'm saying that a team like the Knicks, who came in fourth last year, is just going to fall right out. Even if they if they keep their team as is, they're not going to be a, a top eight team. The Pacers, nope. The Bulls, I like their roster, but nope. Like there's just it's just a deep. The Eastern Conference is just getting so much more deep, and then you have Lamelo and Hayward with the Hornets. Like it's just a deep collection of teams. So the Wizards might be lucky to get eighth again. So if you're Beal and you want to, and and obviously with Westbrook and Bertans clogging the cap, there's not a lot you can really do with the cap. You know, as far as bringing more guys in there. So it's kind of just the development of Rui, Denny of Dia, stuff like that. You know, Daniel Gafford. What is that making you a contender? That's what Beal has to weigh. And look, if Beal wants to stay and play, I completely understand. And Shri, I'll be happy for you if that happens. I'm not trying to screw your team. But I've just seen it in articles. I've, I've seen it talked about. And just connecting dots, I have to talk about it. I think it makes sense. Because we know how some super teams in the past have been put together. And it's been between friends. We know Beal and Tatum go way back. We know they're going to the Olympics this summer. And it stands to reason there's probably going to be a conversation between the two about playing together. And it just so happens there's an easy way to make that happen in Boston while still competing, you know, while not just completely just wrecking everything else. You'll still you'll have Jalen Brown, too, and you'll be able to potentially win, you know, compete and win for championships with that. I think they can compete this year anyway. I'm, I may be crazy, but I do. But then you add Beal eventually to this? Oh, man. And that's what Tatum's going to be selling him on. It's a convincing proposition. So even if Beal has a pull to stay in Washington, which I don't think there's going to be any... There's no way Beal's going... going Beal's next contract will be signed with either the Wizards or the Celtics. There was not a third option here. There's just not. It's going to be either either he stays loyal or he comes to this Boston situation and plays with, with, with his friend Tatum. It's going to take Tatum convincing him probably to, to make this happen. Um, but it's going to be Beal's choice. One of two things is going to happen here. Either, either Beal stays... And then nothing happens. Or Beal potentially at some point requests a trade. Or he gets a free agency. And, and then the Celtics end up clearing the space for him. And it's like, if you look at the, the acquisition cost, right? This is what you have to base this on. Because the Celtics can just bring Beal into cap space next year if they maneuver things properly. And by maneuvering things properly, I say they can... Obviously, there's the Horford contract. But they can salary dump the last $14 million of it. They can use a first-round pick to salary dump that on, you know, probably like Oklahoma City or something. Well, I actually don't know if Oklahoma City is going to have that kind of space. It actually, because they have to take the whole contract and then waive Horford, it actually might be kind of tough to dump. But they should be able to dump it if they if they offer enough draft cover. It's not going to be too crazy. So... They can find a way to make that happen. I'm sure. 
I think the Pistons, the Pistons are still going to be rebuilding that point. They're going to have, you know, a lot of cap space. Like maybe they're, you know, a possible destination for that. So I don't know. Um, but you can dump that $14 million guaranteed that Horford has. You can dump, you know, if you have, uh, they have a lot, of, other than that, they have a lot of young players. They With that Evan Fournier thing, they could opt to overpay him this year rather than stretch it into next year. They can do that. They can, um, you know, they can wait to extend Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. And they can just rely on capital and they can figure it out next summer. And and the thing is, they're not going to have to strip it completely to the, to the studs to sign Bradley Beal. Because again, you start with Tatum and Brown. Well, Tatum, obviously, they didn't, uh, he didn't get his all-NBA, which lowered his, you know, made his salary $5 million lower. That's going to make it easier. And then you have Brown, who's not even making the freaking max. You have Brown, too. So there's a little bit of wiggle room there for the Celtics to carve out enough space to just sign Bradley Beal. So that's what you're up against if you're the Wizards. So the cost is not going to be Jalen Brown if there's a trade here. And that's what I want to get to now. So the most mutually beneficial way to make a Beal to Boston thing happen would be a trade. And there would be plenty of reason for both sides to get that done. Obviously for the Celtics case, you know, especially if midseason Beal kind of says, well, I'm going to sign in Boston in the offseason, just get something for me now. There's plenty of incentive for both sides to get that done. For the Celtics, you secure Beal, and then you can offer him more money and more years, which would be ha- would make him happy. And then the other thing is, you can keep more of your supporting cast. You don't have to dip under the salary cap and go through all those machinations just, just to make this move. So that's the other benefit. So it might, it'll make it easier. I mean, they could... In that case, you could potentially see them keep both Marcus Smart and Robert Williams to complete the starting lineup. And man, those would be great compliments to what that wing trio would be. They would be great compliments to that. Holy crap, they would be. So, you'd have that, and and, and yeah, it, it might cost them a piece eventually, but man, would that be a potent potent unit and you know and and so then if you're Washington the incentive is well you get something back you don't just let him go Beal go for nothing and yeah you might have to take like that Horford contract and and the 14 million guaranteed that's on it in 2022-23 but you could be compensated for that and then you could be compensated by letting the Celtics get Beal early as well so you could get a couple of picks, a couple of young players like a Romeo Langford or an Aaron E. Smith that can really kind of uh, be interesting pieces for you going forward, you know? It wouldn't be great. You wouldn't be, you know, thrilled at the outcome of the trade. You'd be sad that you're losing Beal, but at least you wouldn't be losing him for nothing. You know, you get you could get a couple of young players. You could get, you know, a couple of, of Celtics first-round picks out of it, you know, that you can used to take shots on players to, to rebuild with. Um, 
it's certainly better than just seeing a guy walk out walk out the door for nothing. So that's what the price would be. The price is not, and and the picks may even be more than that. If there, if, if if some other team gets frisky and says, well, even if Beal said he's definitely signing in Boston, we can we can throw Washington a deal, you know, and and then they start to get frisky. Then the Celtics might have to up the ante. I mean, they could offer all their picks and, and all the swaps. You know, they could do that. But the point is, the cost is not going to be Jalen Brown. There's no conceivable way that happens. If it came to that, the Celtics would say, okay. Okay, that's fine. You know, Miami, go ahead. Trade for Beal. That's cool. We're just going to sign him in the offseason anyway. So... Like that that just that that's kind of why that whole thing just makes no sense. And by the way, I think look, there's a good chance Beal does stay in Washington, but I definitely think this Beal to Boston thing is real. I think it's real. I think it definitely could happen. Just reading all the tea leaves, I really think it's a distinct possibility that, that Beal becomes the third star in Boston. Um And just as far as the contention if they're able to pull that off and, and and keep Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, oh dear God, look out NBA. You're screwed. You're just screwed if that if that's the team. Like, that team's winning. They just are. Barring injury, they're winning. You have three scoring wings. I don't know how, you know, Beal might not be the greatest defender. I'm not sure. He's, you know, he could compete on that end, I'm sure. You know, he, he, he's about about all the right things as a player. So, um, I'm sure in a winning situation, he would, uh, even if he has defensive weaknesses, he's stuff like that. But, man, the dude can get buckets. And then you have Brown, Tatum. We know they're great on both ends. And then you have to put guys who can play make and defend like Smart and Robert Williams in with those guys. Oh, dear God. That is insane. That is an insane team. And then you're potentially keeping, um, you know, obviously, probably Fournier or, or, or Horford would go in that in, away in the field trade. But whoever's left, plus what, whoever's remaining out of the young guys to form the bench. And then you probably get, start to attract ring-chasing vets. Like, holy crap, that's going to be a loaded team. That's going to be an incredible team. And they're not going to have the... Uh, they're not going to have the injury issues that... You know, people think, you know, other certain teams have, you know, other, you, you know, they're, they're not going to have the injury issues that other, other teams that people, you know, can, might consider to be super teams have, I don't think. Like, they're not going to have the internal division that those, that, that certain team would have. Like, it's going to be scary for the league. It really will. It really will. And I really, uh, so yeah, I really just look, Boston media, a certain, a vocal minority of the Celtics fan base, like, just everybody proposing this. Your trade ideas are bad for Jalen. If you want to come up with trade ideas, either propose, you know, this Beale scenario that I'm talking about. Go ahead and do that and, and formulate what that might look like in next uh deadline or whatever or start looking at role players that could further complement this team with with the jays 
You know, they could use another guy. You know, they could use potentially... I like Kyle Anderson a lot for this. With some wing size who can pass and defend and stuff like that and just support those guys as a role player. They could use, you know, some more of that on the team too. It doesn't have to be a star. Like, there's plenty of moves like that that you can start proposing. You know, a first-round pick for Kyle Anderson. You know, maybe you find you find someone to swap Tristan Thompson for. You know, negative contract, so I'm not sure. But who knows? He's an expiring, so who knows? You know, start proposing moves like that. Obviously, it's not as fun to talk about, but it's what this team's looking at. The, the, the one guy, again, is Beal. And that's not going to cost Jalen. So, and again, Dame is a great player, and he's going to get traded probably in, you know, a year or two, if not now. But I don't think it's going to be to the Celtics because of the whole Jalen thing. Someone's going to offer them something, no doubt. That better than we can offer them, and that's fine. I concede that. I concede Dame. Dame would be great for this team in, in the perfect scenario with the Jays, but I concede that. Because, you know, it just has to make sense. And getting and, and even though if, if Dame is the better positional fit in a perfect world, getting Beal for at the price it would be, both contractually and acquisition cost wise, it's just a lot smarter man. It's just a lot smarter way to go. So again, thanks for listening. Trading Jalen is stupid. And Bucks and Six. That's the Cliff Notes version of the podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your uh, 4th of July weekend.